0: This psalm, like many other psalms, expresses the joy, hope, and confidence believers have in our great God and Savior. Indeed, all believers rejoice in the Lord Jesus Christ and have no confidence whatsoever in what we do in our flesh, but rather have all confidence in what He did in His. What did our God do in the flesh? Our Lord, as our representative, performed a perfect righteousness as our surety before our Heavenly Father. And much more, he paid the penalty for our sins. And so further to seeing the believer's joy, hope, and confidence, in this psalm we also see David expressing his sorrow of heartache over his enemies, those that both spoke cruelly against him and sought to end his life. However, in the face of all this conflict, in the face of all the toil, heartache, and sorrow that we as believers still yet experience in our time state upon the earth, beloved, we still have by His grace confidence, hope, joy, and assurance of salvation in Christ Jesus our Lord. Beloved, ye are complete in Him. Our Lord told His disciples as He headed for the cross, to die for the sin of his covenant people, he said, These things I have spoken unto you, that in me ye might have peace. Peace through God, peace with God, through our Lord Jesus Christ. Our Lord teaches us how that in the world ye shall have have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Our Lord declares, In the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. Beloved, we are more than conquerors through him that loved us and gave himself for us. And so David certainly knew a lot about heartache, but he also found great delight, great joy in his Lord and Savior, the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, Purge me, wash me, and I shall be clean. I shall be whiter than snow. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according to the multitude of thy tender mercies. Blot out my iniquity. Create in me a clean heart, O my God. Now, not only are these words in Psalm 27 the cry of the believer, but it also sets forth the cry of the God man mediator, the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, it's important to remember. That this God-given, God-breathed book, the Bible, the only holy book of God, the inspired word of God written by men, yet inspired, given, and sent of God. And so here in Psalm 27, we read the words that God gave unto David, that we might read them to know his will, testimony, and purpose concerning the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, how that he sent his Son into the world to save sinners. While our Lord Jesus Christ tabernacled among us, God incarnate, God with us, in the flesh of a real man, he was tempted and tested in all points, like as we are, yet without sin. Isaiah writes of him as the man of sorrow and acquainted with grief, man of sorrow, but also a man of great joy. He said, My delight is to do the will of my Father. He said, no man takes my life. He teaches us how that he laid it down by the power and purpose of God, and he takes it up again by the power and purpose of God. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 50. Isaiah wrote some 800 years before our Lord would give himself to be sacrificed for our sins concerning his march toward Calvary's tree. And remember, our Lord is speaking as the Son of Man, speaking as our God-man mediator. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 6. I gave my back to the smiters, and my cheeks to them that plucked off the hair. I did not hide my face from shame and spitting. For the Lord God will help me, therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint. Beloved, no one can move him, no one can stay him from his purpose in accomplishing the salvation of his people by his own sacrifice and death. Then he says, And I know that I shall not be ashamed. And speaking of the cross he endured to accomplish our salvation, beloved, the apostle writes, Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross Despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God when he by himself purged our sins. My friend, he didn't stay on the cross. He didn't stay in the grave. Oh, no. Though indeed he did die a real death, seeing how he was made to be sin for his people. You see, my sin, your sin, demands death. The guilty sinner must die. But, beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ, having put away all our sins, being delivered for our offenses, was raised again. Why was he raised again? Because, beloved, he justified us by his blood, and there in glory he ever lives to intercede for us when he had by himself purged our sins. So while we see in this psalm of David the cry of the believer, and indeed every believer with him, Further, we do indeed see the cry of the greater David, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, beloved, this is the cry of your heart. That is the cry of my heart. And we see that every sinner that believes on the Lord Jesus Christ can cry that same thing. By God's undeserved mercy and grace to us in Christ, we can take the words of this psalms to our lips Indeed, every song to our lips and sing it from the heart he opened. My friend, this is my song. This is God's will and testimony to his sheep. By grace, we can say the Lord is my light, my salvation, my strength. And, is in, and in this life, we will surely have heartaches. God's word declares... Man that is born of a woman is of few days and full of trouble. Yet every believer rejoices in the midst of our troubles, heartaches, and sorrows, and we find joy, confidence, and hope in the Lord Jesus Christ. In him dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, and ye are complete in him. Now in Psalm 27, beginning in verse 1, Through to verse 3, we see the believer's sure confidence in the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 1 The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord, the mighty, sovereign, holy God, the Lord is my light and my salvation. He's the strength of my life. Indeed, He's the strength of my righteousness the strength of my redemption, the strength of my resurrection. Beloved, he's the strength of our everything. And so of whom shall I be afraid? Of whom shall we be afraid, beloved? When I cry unto thee, O Lord, then shall my enemies turn back. This I know, for God is for me. If God be for us, and he is beloved, consider it ponder it, marvel at it. Beloved, if God be for us, who can be against us? Who can lay anything to the charge of God's elect? It is God who justified. Who is he that condemns you, believer? Christ came, lived, died, and is raised again. And I'm justified, I'm sanctified, and I'm raised with him. The law has no curse to bring to me. He bore it all. The Lord is my light. And beloved, he not only gives light that we might see, but further we read in second Corinthians chapter 4 how that God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And so he not only gives light that we might see him. My friend, he is the light. In John 18, rather John 8 verse 12, Our Lord declares, I am the light, the light of life. And so where does our salvation find us? He finds us in the dark, but he doesn't leave us there. Oh, no. Beloved, our heavenly father has delivered us from the power of darkness and hath translated us into the kingdom of his dear son, that we should show forth the praises of him who hath called us out of darkness into his marvelous light. You see, my friend, the Lord is my light. And secondly, the Lord is my salvation. Turn with me to Psalm 37. Psalm 37. My friend, salvation is of the Lord. That's the message that is all through the scripture. Verse 39. Psalm 37, verse 39. The salvation of the righteous is, is of the Lord. He is their strength in time of trouble. Reminds me of what happened to Jonah. Remember what happened to Jonah? In an hour of absolute, desperate, terrifying uncertainty, when he was there in the fish's belly, being eaten up with the acid and having no hope of being delivered in the strength of his own arm or his own power, Jonah cried out to the only arm and power that could save him, crying out, Salvation is of the Lord, and it's of the Lord in its origination, it's of the Lord in its execution, it's of the Lord in its application, sustaining power and its ultimate perfection. You see, beloved, he not only gives us salvation and works out that salvation, he is our salvation. Salvation is not found in a theological position, it's not found in a creed or a profession, Oh, no. Rather, salvation is found in a person. Beloved, the Lord Jesus Christ is our salvation. Luke records in the second chapter of the gospel that bears his name. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, Simeon, the temple priest, Took the promised child into his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, a light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of thy people Israel. In effect, Simeon was saying, O Lord, I'm ready to die. I've seen the promised Lamb of God and those who have seen the Lord Jesus Christ as all of their salvation, they say with Simeon, Lord, I'm ready to die. I've seen my salvation, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so, beloved, our salvation is not found in a theological position. Rather, our salvation is ever so blessedly found in a person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Peter said before that council, When they were gathered together at Jerusalem, neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. You see, he came to save his people from their sins. And my friend, he accomplished what he came to do. Our Lord Jesus Christ is not that false Christ that the rock band Metallica sings about. He's not the God who failed. Rather, the scripture says of the Lord Jesus Christ, he shall not fail and he shall save his people from their sins. He cried with a loud voice upon the cross of Calvary as he gave his life a ransom for his people. It is finished. Beloved, our warfare is accomplished. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So the Lord is my life. The Lord is my salvation. And then David goes on to say, The Lord is the strength of my life. He is the strength of everything that we are, both physically and spiritually before God. He's the strength of my righteousness. Blessed is the man to whom the Lord would impute righteousness without works. He's the strength of my redemption. He's the very strength, power, and glory of my redemption and my salvation. Now, the question is asked, of whom shall I be afraid? Of whom shall I fear? None but him. Now, we reverence and fear his holy, reverend name, but of whom shall I be afraid among men? Is there any one we need fear? Of whom shall I be afraid? Or of what shall I be afraid? I cannot fear darkness for he is my light. I cannot fear condemnation, for he is my salvation. Beloved, there is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. I cannot fear weakness, for he is my strength. God's word declares, beloved, for Christ's sake, when I am weak, then am I strong. I cannot fear death, for he is my life and resurrection. Martha said upon considering the death of Lazarus, her brother, I know in the resurrection my brother will be raised again. And the Lord stopped her and said, in effect, Martha, you're talking about a theological position. I'm talking about a person. I am the resurrection and the life. And he that believeth in me will never die. Our Lord declared, Because I live, ye shall live also. Verse two Psalm twenty seven verse two. When the wicked, even mine enemies and my foes, came upon me to eat up my flesh, David said, they stumbled and fell. Though an host should encamp against me, my heart shall never fear not fear Though war should rise against me, even in this will I be confident. Though an army be against me, that doesn't move me, doesn't make me flinch or shake my confidence. Now, not in me, but rather ever so blessedly in him who shall not fail. Beloved, if God be before us, who could be against us? If God be before us, who can prevail against us? Our Lord said in John 15, If they've hated me, they'll hate you. Even so, our confidence is not in the flesh. Rather, our confidence is in the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall conquer every one of our enemies. The apostle writes, Beloved, we are the circumcision, the true Israel of God, circumcised in the heart, which worship God in the spirit, and rejoice in Christ Jesus, and have no confidence in the flesh. And so the victory over our enemies is certain and sure in our Lord's hands. And the spiritual enemies that we have, though most of them are spiritual, those that would come against us, that would do us harm, hear this, beloved, God's word declares, not in anything we are in of ourselves, but only through the Lord Jesus Christ. We are more than conquerors through him that loved us. The apostle writes in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, Thanks be to God, which giveth us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be our heavenly father. He's given us victory over sin, death, hell, and the grave through his beloved son. Verse 4, one thing, one thing have I desired of the Lord. What one thing? Him. That's the one thing that I'll seek after. David sets it forth, seeking after him this way, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord and to inquire, In his holy temple. Now, this one desire of the believer has three aspects. Firstly, our desire causes us to earnestly seek the Lord. Beloved, he knows the desire of our heart, does he not? Indeed, he does. So, what's the desire of the believer's heart? Oh, that I may win Christ and be found in him. That's the desire of the believer's heart. My friend, it's to bow in total resignation unto the Lord Jesus Christ and to fully rest in the salvation accomplished by him alone. Beloved, one thing I desire, that I may be one with him. Now, if that's true, that Christ is my one desire, I'll seek after him. And David says in verse 4, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life. Now, what is David referring to here? Simply this. David's desire, and it's the desire of every believer, is to be in the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at Psalm 26, verse 8, on the, on the, on the other page. Lord, I have loved the habitation of thy house and the place where your honor dwells. Oh, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord, the place where his honor dwells, the place where the gospel is preached, where Christ is made known. Oh, to be part of his household and loved as one of his sons in Christ. God's word declares, Behold what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God, that we should be one with him, to be in his household and adopted as the sons of God, made new creatures in Christ Jesus, that I may dwell in his house where his honor and his glory does dwell all the days of my life. Secondly, he desires to behold the beauty of the Lord. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. He said, I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than to dwell in the tents of the Lord. wickedness. And then thirdly, David desires to behold the beauty of the Lord, to see the king and his beauty. Now left to ourselves, apart from God's quickening grace, we'd see no beauty in him that we should see or desire him. But when God does a work of grace in our heart, we desire to see his glory and beauty and delight only in him. In chapter 5 of the Song of Solomon, we see the bride of Christ going about the city to seek her Lord, and she does so earnestly describing the beauty of her Lord. She talks about his skin, his head, his eyes, his cheeks, his hands, his feet, his legs, and his mouth in a spiritual way that typify a glorious picture of the Lord Jesus Christ But then she says, "'My Lord is altogether lovely. "'I am my beloved's, and my beloved is mine. "'Oh, to see the one who is altogether lovely, "'to see the beauty and glory of the person of God Almighty "'in the face of Christ Jesus, our Lord. "'Oh, what strong desires grace brings upon us, beloved. "'Indeed, to the believer, he is altogether lovely,' To you who believe, he is precious. The beauty of his person and the beauty of his salvation. His glory is great in salvation. Oh, to dwell in his house, to behold him, and then to inquire in his temple, to seek his will, to seek his way, to inquire about him. Beloved, isn't that what we're doing here this morning? To inquire about the Lord? Our Lord declares... Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. I want to learn of him. I want to inquire about him. I want to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, my blessed Redeemer. More about Jesus would I know. More of his grace to others show. More of his saving fullness see. More of his love who died for me. Beloved, would you dare complain about someone preaching the Lord Jesus Christ too much, too often, too high? God forbid. You see, my friend, we desire to learn of him and we can't say enough about him. Indeed, the believer desires the sincere milk of the word that we might grow thereby. And this is all summed up in verse 4. One thing have I desired of the Lord, him will I seek after. Verse 5. For in the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion. In the secret of his tabernacle, Shall he hide me? He shall set me up upon a rock. The believer's one desire leads to the one blessed shelter, the one blessed refuge Christ Jesus our Lord, our rock and sure foundation. Beloved, we have the best shelter for the worst of times, a proven shelter provided of God. Indeed, this shelter is like those cities of refuge. Beloved, the manslayer can't touch us. We're safe in him, our city of refuge, Christ Jesus the Lord. Beloved, he's the best shelter for the worst of times. He only is my rock. Turn with me to the only psalm. Psalm 62. Psalm 62. Why is it called the only psalm? Look there with me in verse 5. Psalm 62, verse 5. My soul, wait thou only upon God. For my expectation is from him. He only is my rock and my salvation. He is my defense. I shall not be moved. My soul, wait only upon God. Verse 7. In God is my salvation and my glory. The rock of my strength and my refuge is in God. Trust in him at all times, ye people. Pour out your heart before him. God is a refuge for us. He shall hide me in his pavilion. He shall hide me in his tent. Beloved, our life is hid with Christ in God. Isaiah wrote of our refuge, our hiding place in Christ in Isaiah chapter 32, verse 2. Indeed, the God-man shall be as an hiding place from the wind, and a covert from the tempest, as rivers of water in a dry place, As the shadow of a great rock in a weary land. Beloved, our life is hid with Christ. God is our safe and secure refuge. Psalm 27, verse 5. In the time of trouble, he shall hide me in his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle. He'll hide me in the Holy of Holies. And you know that place was hard to get into. No one would dare go into the Holy of Holies unless they were the designated high priest on the designated day with a particular sacrifice of an animal. And so you better come the way that God says and lift up that heavy veil and underneath there with the incense from off the altar. And so it was a safe place only if you came in by God's way. He shall hide me in the secret of his tabernacle the believer in the Lord Jesus Christ who is our great high priest didn't enter into the tabernacle made with hands. Rather, with our union with him, beloved, he entered into heaven itself now to appear in the presence of our heavenly father for us. Beloved, he's in glory and we're safe in him. He shall hide me in his tabernacle. He shall hide me he shall set me upon the rock, the sure foundation and rock of our salvation, Christ Jesus the Lord. Turn with me to Psalm 61. Verse 2. From the end of the earth will I cry unto thee, When my heart is overwhelmed, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, for thou hast been a shelter for me and a strong tower from the enemy. Psalm 27, verse 6. And now shall mine head be lifted up above mine enemies round about me. Therefore will I offer in his tabernacle's In his tabernacle, sacrifices of joy. I will sing, yea, I will sing praises unto the Lord. The believer's one desire, hope, and way leads us to joyful worship. Indeed, worship is joyful to the believer. David said, I was glad when they said unto me, Let us go into the house of the Lord. My friend, worship is a joyful thing. It's not a burden, rather, it's a joy to worship Him who is our life. Oh, to hear and learn more of him who is our all and in all. So being lifted up above the enemies of our soul, safe and secure in the refuge of his grace, therefore will we give praises and thanksgivings unto the Lord and praise his name for all that he has done. Look there in Psalm 98. Psalm 98. Verse 1. Beloved, sing unto the Lord a new song. Makes me think upon that new song of the redeemed. That song the redeemed shall sing in glory, saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof, for thou wast slain, and hast redeemed us unto God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. So, beloved, sing unto the Lord a new song, for he hath done marvelous things. His right hand and his holy arm hath gotten him the victory. My friend, we don't sing about what we've done. We don't sing about what we're going to do. Indeed, we don't even sing about what he's enabled us to do. Rather, we only sing about what he has done. God give us grace to only and ever do that. You see, my friend, it's the victory that he's gotten that's all our hope. Thanks be unto God who has given us the victory in Christ Jesus. David continues praying unto the Lord. Psalm 27, verse 7. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Have mercy also upon me, and answer me. Though the self-righteous pray to be heard of men, the righteous in Christ pray to be heard of God. Hear, O Lord, when I cry with my voice. Lord, have mercy upon me, and answer. What a blessing God has given us, that we may take our burdens to the Lord, and then by his grace, as the hymn writer penned, Take your burdens to the Lord and leave them there. Beloved, leaving your burdens with the Lord would be much to our advantage. Instead of complaining unto men, and I am guilty of this, rather let us ever cry out unto, unto God, crying, Lord, have mercy upon me, the sinner. May we never graduate, beloved, above being a mercy beggar. That's what we are, beloved. Oh, Lord, I heard you. This book, this gospel, is only for the lost sheep of Israel. The gospel of Christ is only for the chosen people of God, the people you have loved with an everlasting love, the people you purposed to save from everlasting. Oh, Lord, just a crumb Just a crumb of grace from your table, O Lord, and I'll lap it up, and I'll happily be ever at your table begging for more. My friend, I'm what you call a mercy beggar. Our Lord said, come boldly unto the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. I don't know about you, but I know about me, and I need his help every moment, of every hour. My friend, come as a mercy beggar. Don't come as a proud Pharisee. Rather, beloved, come as a mercy beggar before the King of kings and the Lord of lords, confessing, I'm deserving of your wrath. But, O Lord, if you're willing, you can be merciful to me, the sinner, and not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy and grace in Christ He saved us. My friend, mercy is the hope and refuge of saved sinners. Indeed, he is the refuge of the saints. Salvation is of the Lord. You see, it's all of his mercies that we are not consumed because his compassions fail not. Indeed, they're new every morning. And so therefore, we hope in him. My friend, he gives mercy to those who beg him. And not like that proud Pharisee, who stood and bragged about how he had done this, or how he had done that, or how he wasn't as other men were. Rather, begged like that publican, standing afar off, who would not so much lift up his eyes to heaven, but smote upon his breast and said, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. And the Lord said, that man, the beggar of mercy went down to his house justified rather than the proud Pharisee who justified himself before God and was condemned. God's word declares, beloved, if we would judge ourselves, we should not be judged. My friend, condemn yourself before God. I'm guilty, Lord. Have mercy on me, the sinner. Verse 8. When thou saidest seek ye my face, my heart said, Thy face, Lord, will I seek. My friend, when the command of the gospel comes unto us to repent, believe, and seek the Lord, we do so by His grace. When God says seek my face, my heart says OK, Lord, I'll do that. My friend, God's chosen people, God's elect. The sheep of the Lord Jesus Christ are made willing in the day of his power. His people are not made reluctant. Oh, no. God's people are made willing in the day of his power. Isn't that what Isaiah said? Here am I. Send me willingly, gladly. My heart said unto thee, thy face, Lord, will I seek. You see, my friend, the glory of God's mercy shines in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. It doesn't shine in Muhammad's face. It doesn't shine in Mary's face. It doesn't shine in Buddha's face. Rather, it only shines in the face of the Lord Jesus Christ. Verse 9. Hide not thy face far from me. Put not thy servant away in anger. Thou hast been my help. Leave me not, neither forsake me, O God of my salvation. Beloved, the command to seek the Lord would be very painful and unbearable if the Lord didn't reveal himself unto us. Therefore we cry, Hide not thy face from me. Put me not away in anger. Have mercy upon me. Leave me not alone, neither forsake me, for thou art my help and your all of my salvation. Beloved, believing sinner, he is the God of all your salvation. Verse 10. When my father and mother forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Beloved, when all forsake us, foes, friends, and family, the Lord will surely gather us unto himself. Turn with me to Isaiah chapter 49. Isaiah 49. And look there with me, beginning in verse 13. Isaiah 49, verse 13. Sing, O heavens, be joyful, O earth, break forth into singing, O mountains, for the Lord hath comforted his people and will have mercy upon his afflicted. But Zion said, The Lord hath forsaken me, and my Lord hath forgotten me. Can a woman forget her suckling child, that she should not have compassion on the son of her womb? Yea, they may forget. Yet will I not forget thee. Behold, I have graven thee upon the palms of my hands. The walls, thy walls, are continually before me. Beloved, God will not forget his people, nor will he forsake his own. He is the God of our salvation, and he'll take us up. Verse 11, Psalm 27, verse 11. Teach me thy way, O Lord, and lead me. The Lord is our shepherd, we shall not want. And because of him, we are led in a plain path. Beloved, seeing we have such hope of salvation in Christ, therefore the apostle declares, we use great plainness of speech. Plainly, O Lord, teach me thy way. Lead me in a plain path, in a single path in the way of salvation in Christ. Because... Of mine enemies. Teach me thy way. Christ is the way. Indeed, he is both lesson and teacher. May God be pleased to teach every one of us. Give us, every one of us, a teachable spirit to learn of him. Lord, lead me in that plain path, in the way of simplicity, singleness, and sincerity. Verse 12 Lord, keep me in the way everlasting. Deliver me not over under the will of mine enemies, for false witnesses are risen up against me, and such as breathe out cruelty. Lord deliver me, redeem me by your grace for the merits of Christ. Verse thirteen. I had fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Now in the natural realm we see and then we believe. People say, well, I won't believe that till I see it. You see, in those things that pertain to nature, we see, and then we believe. But in those things that pertain to spiritual, we believe, then we see. Indeed, through faith, we understand, as it says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 3. Beloved, through faith, we see him. Through faith, we receive the Lord Jesus Christ. It reminds me of that scripture we saw recently in John chapter 20, where Thomas said, in effect, I won't believe that the Lord is actually risen unless I see those nail prints and unless I put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Turn with me to John's gospel, chapter 20. And I'll pick up reading there in verse 26, John 20, verse 26. After eight days again his disciples were within, and Thomas with them. Then came Jesus, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst, and said, Peace be unto you. Then saith he to Thomas, Reach hither thy finger, and behold my hands, and reach hither thy hand, and thrust it into my side, and be not faithless, but believing. And Thomas answered and said unto him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus saith unto him, Thomas, because thou hast seen me, thou hast believed. Blessed are they that have not seen and yet have believed. In verse 31, These are written that ye might believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing ye might have life through his name. And then the conclusion of Psalm 27 verse 14. Beloved, wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and he shall strengthen thine heart. Wait, I say, on the Lord. Lord grant not only to strengthen our hearts, but I pray be pleased to open hearts this morning. Hearts that must be opened for Christ's sake, and the good and the salvation of your people. Amen.